Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Today is one of those days where you don't really want to turn on the news. Somehow, if you've missed it, another American tragedy is unfolding. At least 50 dead, 400 injured in Las Vegas shooting. Suspect had at least 10 guns. Firing weapons from the 32nd floor into an innocent concert-going crowd of 22,000 people at a country music festival. I was awake last night at 11.15, and I turned on Twitter just randomly, and I saw some of the hashtags flying by. Twitter did a better job of reporting the news last night in more real time than CNN or MSNBC. I did turn on CNN and MSNBC, and I watched the carnage unfold for the next hour to two hours as the major headline companies were a good two hours behind in numbers as well as facts and even the name of the gunman. Bystanders once again sprang into action, caring for the wounded and, you know, uh, literally letting people die in their arms, comforted with another human touch. The aftermath of this is still ongoing because the tragedy is about 10 hours old. Um, and it's going to gain stories and it's going to gain insights. And on the Wall Street perspective, you're going to see a major overreaction in people going out and buying gun stocks. When you have 10 automatic rifles and when you see video or hear video today, you're going to hear the most alarming sound you've ever heard. What sounds like 100 firecrackers going off in a row. Not boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. It's the craziest thing that you're going to experience in quite a while. I'm not going to rank where this is. Newton was probably my worst day of broadcasting ever. 9-11, the second worst. Am I numb to this? I'm starting to become pretty numb to this. Deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history unfolded in Vegas. Could have been you. Could have been me. Um, I've been to Vegas. Tragic news is not going to stop the stock market. And sadly, that's what I do for a living. I talk stocks. So I'm not going to talk tragedy. I'm sure there's other people doing way better of a job of that than me today. It'll be on my head and my heart you know, as the show goes on. Police said the shooter, identified as Nevada resident Stephen Paddock, killed himself prior to the entry into the hotel room from which he was firing on a concert across the street. Um, wow. 
there's a lot going on here. And for me to pretend that, you know, uh, it's going to be easy to talk about non-terrorism, American terrorism, American mental disease, American gun control. It's not easy. Um, but let's see what I wade into. Let's see what's out there as far as uh, stories go today. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I think one of the very first things that comes to mind when I do see stories like this um, is tragedy. And I deal with a lot of the financial tragedy of the world, and I help try to prepare you to avoid it. One of the biggest ones I see is divorce. Another one that I see, divorce obviously wrecks people financially for a lot of reasons, surprisingly. Not the ones that you would automatically think of. Um, people not being financially prepared is probably the biggest financial disaster I see. People saying, ah, I shouldn't save, I shouldn't invest. System's rigged. It's like gambling. It's not like gambling. So with that out there, the markets are higher today. Um Wall Street trades hires as investors bet President Donald Trump's tax plan will get some progress. So, again, doesn't that seem strange to you that Wall Street is so insensitive that that's not even the first story out there? Shares of casino operators. Ah, now we get there. MGM Resorts, Melco Resorts, Wynn Resorts, Las Vegas Sands slipped pre-market. So that's the obvious first one, right? Number two. Gunmakers, Sturm Ruger, and American Outdoor brands moved higher after the mass shooting because people are going to start calling for a ban on automatic assault rifles. Pretty crazy. Market's very optimistic in light of such tragedy. And it's probably one of the investment lessons that I should pass on while I'm thinking about it right now is that a lot of times you get very emotional. You become very adamant. You become very, you know, knowing of what's going to happen or not happen on Wall Street. You know that one president's going to win or one president's going to be good for the economy or bad for the economy as far as candidates go. And you're like, I'm pulling out of the market. If you were to ask me last night at 11.15, 11.30, if there was any chance that 400 people would be shot, 50 would be dead in a major tourism mecca of the world in an innocent environment and Wall Street would move higher, I would have said, no way. But I've seen this before. Like, when you look at this, the little stories here and there, shares of Nordstrom down 5% after the New York Post reports that talks to take the department store operator private were faltering. You're like, God, Rob, that, that story has no meat to it. Like, are you seriously going to talk about that today? I don't know what the heck I'm going to talk about, to be quite honest with you. Um, there's an internet star. I know this is a weird thing to say out loud. A guy named Dan Blazarian. I'm not quite sure of how saying his name. He's a millionaire. He takes a lot of shirtless selfies. Uh, he was one of the very first people I saw on Twitter last night. Uh, he shared a moment of himself running and talking about running back to his hotel room to get a gun and how stupid he was. That he didn't bring it to the concert. And I know you're like, really? That can't be. But yeah. So, <clears throat> anyhow, I don't even know where I go at this point. Casino stocks, <clears throat> dip. Will you feel safe to go out? I will. 
it's uh, I always think that's the best thing you could do. And sadly, it's been a year of the best thing you could do. I'd like to book a trip to Houston. I like Houston. It's a nice city. It's hot. I'd like to book a trip to parts of Orlando or Florida and Puerto Rico. I'd like to go to Vegas because they're going to need the money. A lot of people are going to cancel their trips. Um, and when I say they, I'm not talking about the casinos. I'm talking about the waiters and waitresses, the single moms, the people who have mortgages that count on tourism as a vibrant trade. So, anyhow, let's head to break. Again, the big headline news, sadly, is Las Vegas shooting leaves at least 50 dead, more than 400 injured. Vegas is a mid-sized town. They don't have the hospital to deal with this. Things you could do today, give blood. Things you could do today, uh, reach out to family members. Things you could do today is book a trip to Vegas. Um, don't overreact with the stock side of it. That'll all balance out shortly. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking invested in more. Again, this is just a tough day to do financial media, especially when you're known for doing a snarky, sarcastic, incredibly bright and well-thought-out show. You can't do any of that today. The Las Vegas police have identified the shooter as Stephen Craig Paddock, the man who opened fire on the 32nd floor. 64-year-old uh, Nevada resident who target concert goers. If you take a look at Google Earth, which, again, 10 years ago, you couldn't say, take a look at Google Earth, you'll see that there was an open concert venue right across the road from Mandalay Bay. Um, video and pictures of the festival captured the chaos. If that's your kind of thing, the videos and the pictures range from PG to R. You'll see quite graphic scenes, if that's your thing. One of my moments that I think stuck out as kind of truly American, and I was actually proud. I was watching some of the video that was feeding through Twitter last night. And one of the concert goers heard the shots, and maybe he was drunk. Maybe he was stupid. Um, maybe he was American. He started flicking off where the shooter was shooting from. So he flipped the bird up in the sky, and you can hear gunshots going around him. And that kind of spirit is pretty important, in my opinion, in the world. Today, we're going to learn everything we don't want to know about a man who was problematic. The crowd was warned by the shooter's roommate. She went into the crowd previous and told everyone, you need to leave or you'll die. She got kicked out. Um, we have no clue what the shooter's belief system was. His mother and brother are already in the media saying that they're in shock and dumbfounded. He must have, quote unquote, snapped. Um, there's 800 numbers set up if you're looking for a loved one. Facebook has set up a I'm okay update on your Facebook page if you do want to check in. This is one of those tragedies that you're going to know someone, or you're going to know someone who knows someone. It's a lot like 9-11 where it was enough people that, um, like I know someone who was having a wedding yesterday in Vegas. I already know that. 
And, uh, you know, on 9-11, one of my clients died in one of the crashes. And that was a brutal day where you had to write a letter to the widow. And what do you write? Um, I happened to know the guy personally, and I really liked him. So I wrote about really liking him. Um, but gun stocks are soaring today after the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. If you take a look in the past 10 years, the total number of people who have been killed in mass shootings, uh, as far as events go, the events have doubled. So the size gets bigger and bigger. American Outdoor brand, maker of guns, uh, up 5% today. Sturm Ruger up 5%. Gun stocks tend to rally. There's always going to be heightened conversation about gun control. If you look at your Facebook feed today, you'll see some of your friends like, see, told you, we should ban automatic weapons. You'll you'll hear that. You'll see that. You'll hear, you know, mental health in the U.S., not a problem? Sure. Um, American Outdoor Brands has said to investors several times in their annual reports that speculation surrounding increased gun control at the federal, state, and local level and heightened fears of terrorism and crime can affect demand for its product. You'll see more people go out today and register to buy guns. And I've already had one friend say, how do people like get guns like that? I'm like, I can go get one today if I wait three days. Anyone can get these weapons. Um, sorry if I just, God, I heard my voice change there. Um, Donald Trump uh, went out of his way to say he sent his warmest condolences and sympathies to the victims of families on Twitter. A lot of news broke on Twitter last night. So, a um, lot going on. Now, in positive news, because I do believe that it is so easy to get caught up in headlines and to get gloomy and let that affect your investment ideas. Three Americans were given the Nobel Prize in medicine. They helped explain how animals, humans, and plants all helped synchronize the earth. And I go, whoa. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, that's the reason you're an investor, because we have a lot of smart people out there coming up with solutions to problems. In this case, our internal clocks determine nearly every biological process in our bodies from sleeping to eating to our blood pressure. The Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 2017 has been given to three scientists who uncovered certain molecular mechanisms for the body clocks known as circadian rhythms. The winners were announced at the Nobel Forum in Sweden. The scientists will share a prize of 9 million kroner. And we'll each receive a medal engraved with their name. That would be pretty cool. But they helped figure out how plants, animals, and humans adapt their biological rhythm so that it's synchronized with the Earth's revolution. And it's pretty cool to look at like a basic graph of what they did and where your body hits deep sleep and melatonin secretion and highest body temperatures. And um, this will all be used to help improve our life. These guys did research on isolating a gene from a fruit fly. That controls a normal diet, daily biological rhythm. First and foremost, I look at fruit flies and I go, geez, they're tiny. Second, I go, there's not any chance I can get any information out of that fruit fly other than, you know, color of its blood. So these guys showed that their gene code and instructions to make a particular protein called PER. PER builds up in living cells during the night that disappears throughout the day. It's basically our social clock with aligning with our biological clock. So you experience jet lag when flying long distances. You can feel groggy when the clocks go forward. And you can even throw yourselves out of whack by staying up late night, binge watching. So when you're looking for a positive today, 
when it comes to money and investing, just slide into that idea that there's a lot of good going on with molecular science, with medicine, um, and that is to be noted. So more on the shooter. We are going to hear all sorts of crazy stuff come out today. Uh, he checked into his hotel room three days before the shooting. We know that. Uh, Paddock fired what seemed to be an automatic rifle out the window of his room. We now know it's 10 automatic rifles or 10 weapons. Extended burst of rapid fire could be heard on the video. Uh, when police entered his room, they found him dead. The Daily Mail quoted a brother of Paddock to Eric saying his family shocked and dumbfounded. The police indicated on Monday that Danley was out of the country and they were not pursuing her in, in contact connection with attack. That's his wife. Um, so there's a lot of going on right now. Uh, roommates, wives, uh, heights, a lot of information being pushed around. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Today is one of those days where I talk tragedy, finances. I try to blend story ideas together because talking about one thing in particular will make me lose my mind. A gunman opened fire from a hotel room above a packed outdoor concert in Las Vegas last night. And when you look at the death toll, it shows you it'll climb from here. It shows you that it's the third worst mass shooting in the history of the world. Now, obviously, you can talk about wars, you can talk about other issues, but we're talking about gunmen. Norway Oslo, back in 2011, death toll of 77, mostly innocent children. South Korea, 1982, had a death toll of 56. Vegas is now number three on the list with 50-plus and climbing. The nightclub in Orlando, I want to say, doesn't that feel like just last year? It was June 2016, where Omar Mateen killed 49 people at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida. Before that, the number one was Suing Hu Choi, who killed 32 people at the University of Blacksburg, uh, University of Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, Virginia. So when you go back to the Norway 2011, when neo-Nazi Anders Bering Breivik killed 77 people by detonating a car bomb and opening fire at a summer camp in Oslo, uh, Norway, it just, you have to start pondering and go, this doesn't make any sense. Um, a retired FBI agent spoke this morning about the Las Vegas shooter, and what he says is just alarming. He, you know, he names the shooter. He says that he caused so much chaos because of his vantage point on the 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay Hotel. He just had to point at the center and squeeze the trigger. Um, insane. So, where do I go from there? Stocks are rallying, and President Trump is getting ready to speak on the Las Vegas shooting. This is one of those moments where you kind of hope that he says the right thing. Um, gun stocks are moving higher. 
Vegas stocks, hotel stocks, and casino stocks are moving lower. You're hearing crazy stories come out of Vegas, and you're going to see more. Twitter really rises to the occasion when it comes to breaking news. But I found myself, sadly, while flipping through Twitter last night, going, ooh, why did they show that body? What if their mother saw that? And on top of it, you'd see stories where, like, you know, the shooter was Syrian and fake news. It happens all too quick and all too fast, right? And uh, where do you turn for news? I turned on CNN at midnight, and they were hours behind the story. And they had two anchors on that kind of looked like uh, maybe your mother and your mother's best friend. And they just kept saying things like, oh, this looks terrible. So you weren't getting a lot of hardcore news. Then, you know, as the reporters made their way from Vegas affiliates of CNN and MSBC, um, they're getting a little too close to the action, the triage centers, and stumbling over themselves. Um, a lot of F-bombs get leaked out onto the TV airwaves. Uh, a lot of reporters saying things like, you know, I just hope they get the killer and, you know, mess him up. You know, like, try to stay to the facts here. You're supposed to be doing um, uh, non-biased reporting. In the Wall Street world, internals are modestly bullish uh, in the first couple hours of trading. Sector leadership appears mostly stemming from healthcare biotech. And it's the XLB, the IVB, PPH, which bodes well. There are some strength in paper stocks, semiconductors, technology, and basic materials. Weakness in energy, retail, and some transports. Financials appear to be slipping. Markets trying to build on last week's end of the quarter momentum. Four quarters in the year January, February, March, first quarter. April, May, June, second quarter. July, August, September, third quarter. And now we're into the October, November, December. It's October 2, ladies and gentlemen. Overall, the market's trying to maintain and build upon last week's momentum uh, into the quarter. A lot of times, into the quarter means mutual fund managers, hedge fund managers are trying to position their clients in names that have done well. So. When you open your statement, you're like, oh, I'm in that stock that was at a 52-week high. There's a couple of high beta names like Apple, Netflix, Tesla, Amazon, Google, and Facebook that are acting a bit sluggish this morning and could sink lower if the broader market sinks lower. One of those names that's a momentum name is Google. Morgan Stanley's Brian Nowak this weekend re-rated an overweight rating on it and calls it a $10,000, no, no, $1,050 stock. If I've told myself once, I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate he concluded that a beat on revenue in the third quarter can return sentiment and bring investors back to the lagging stock. Google suffered some losses to the European regulators on uh, whether or not they are a monopoly and what they're going to do to spin off certain divisions to help the perception that they're not gouging customers. Apple sells really expensive hardware, and then they basically let the software do its own stuff. Google sells cheap hardware and then, you know, kind of tile the software together. So Google's probably going to have to spin off their shopping division in some other areas or separate them a little bit more with the old cliche was a Chinese wall, but I don't know if that's politically correct to say that anymore. Um, so Google got a little bit of love this morning from analysts, and I like stories. I like analyst calls like that. I want to read the whole call and not just, uh, you know, two or three paragraphs from it. 
but one of the quotes in it was, um, we haven't heard of any emerging online ad player that would change this contribution to growth trajectory in third quarter. And note, too, that if anything, our implied two-year growth deceleration could prove conservative. So Google drives 46% of overall U.S. online ad growth. Um, and no one's really taken market share from them at this point in time. And I think that's always going to be the concern with a company like Google or however you want to call them. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of the areas of concern that everyone should have right now is that tax reform push is one of the uh, reasons the market's moving higher. Republicans are preparing for their big tax reform push, and a lot of economists scratch their head because economists realize that tax cuts, especially income tax cuts, tend to increase deficits, right? Which over time leads to increased national debt. We all know the national debt clock gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every second by hundreds of thousands of dollars. The GOP plan, if adopted, probably would pump up both the deficits and the debt. And this isn't the first time it's happened. President Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush also cut taxes while deficits were swelling. So the question is, and this is a big question for you, is is more debt good, bad, or doesn't matter? And how serious of a problem is it? The answer is no one knows. Like so many things in macroeconomics, there's no reliable, well-confirmed theory that tells us the effect of government deficits or of their debt. The big question is whether deficits raise aggregate demand. Aggregate demand is a particularly well-defined concept. It essentially means how much people want to spend money on all goods and services in the economy. Thus, government spending puts money in people's pockets while taxes take money out. So if people spend some of that net amount the government puts in their pockets, deficits should give consumption and therefore the economy a boost. This is the basic, what's called a Keynesian theory. It gets taught in most introductory economics classes. Men, a lot of people have noted you know, that Reagan's tax cuts in the 1980s looked an awful like Keynesian stimulus. So do these tax cuts help or not? And why is no one concerned of what happens when that debt comes due? Uh, will deficits from the Republican tax plan be temporary or permanent? If recent past experience is any guy, the debt incurred won't be paid back anytime soon. The last time the federal debt shrank was during President Clinton's administration. That period of austerity was short-lived. As soon as Bush came to power, the surpluses were eliminated in favor of a big tax cut. A lot of economists think that debt can't keep increasing forever. This is the big question. As a percent of GDP, most mainstream economic models included long-term budget constraint, meaning that the ratio of debt to output has to shrink to zero in the long run. But outside the world of academia, people are starting to wonder whether that's actually true. Can we just throw on more debt? Can a trillion, can a million become a billion? Can a billion become a trillion? Can a trillion become a gazillion? Advanced nations around the world have been running big debts for decades, for sometimes centuries. For most of these countries, there have been no obvious negative consequences. So when you get worried about that, maybe you shouldn't be. Is there any limit to high, how high the debt ceiling can go? Um, if Republican administrations continue to believe that deficits don't matter, and if Democrats prove politically incapable of stopping their insistence on tax cuts, there's eventually going to be no alternative but to test this theory. And at some point, if debt increases enough, the Federal Reserve will have to start financing the government with printed money. That would be fascinating as far as an economic experiment goes, though it may not be one that you would eagerly anticipate, and it's going to be something that we're going to pay attention to. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, invest, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Any questions, thoughts, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So again, it's, it's not a good day to do a radio show. There's better news agencies doing better reporting than anything I could put together. I don't blame you if you want to follow that news, and I don't blame you if you see that I have a lack of focus and go, come on, Rob, pick up your game. It's tough. When you see at least 50 people killed, gunmen opens fire to Las Vegas concerts, it's tough to put together a show that makes any sense. I can say, hey, look, rich men with extreme politics have the happiest marriages. hi But that's going to have to wait for a day or two days. People are being pickier about who they marry, and they're waiting longer to tie the knot. And with half marriages ending in divorce, it's gotten a lot easier to exit unpleasant unions. So the state of American marriage should be happier than ever, right? Nope. Instead, the quality of American marriages has dropped significantly. While most Americans say they're still very happy in their marriages, the number is down from the early 70s um, to about 60% from about 68%. What sours the American marriage? Uh, more men say they're happier with their marriages than women do, for example. <clears throat> That's pretty interesting. And it ties heavily towards how old you are, how young your partner is, and how much money you have. And if you happen to have a strong political opinion and your spouse loves you, um, that's a positive. American economic worries may be bleeding in the family life in toxic ways. A lot of people are very insecure with their job. And you become resigned to insecurity. And the higher your insecurity, the more rigid and expectations of your partner become. So that's out there. Casino stocks are dipping. Gun stocks are rising. That's the big story of the day, sadly. Um, tech giants right now are in the news. I saw that Mark Zuckerberg came out over the weekend and apologized and said he feels bad if Facebook has done any harm, coinciding with the Jewish holiday of atonement. It's a different Facebook than it was five years ago that was very aggressive and very non-apologetic. It's a different Facebook than it was at the beginning of the year. Facebook is now starting to work with authorities, sharing information on basically some of the mess-ups they've had tied towards the elections and such. Chimps, babies, and Taylor Swift. That's typically the heavy content of a YouTube video that we're watching right now. Chimps, babies, and Taylor Swift. Now, when you look at that on the, the headline, you go, there is no way that Google's YouTube is racking up millions of views about these items, and yet they are. Big tech is disrupting. Part of the appeal is the deadpan delivery of the peppery one-liners, of course. Google Glass, the head-mounted display-shaped glasses. Uh, once we you know, was told a conference that it's, you know, it's a prophylactic, ensuring you will not conceive a child and no one will get near you. The old Google Glasses. And now companies like Apple, as their brand continues to grow, it's a status symbol. It may make you a baby. It may get you an ooh and an awe. So people looked at companies like Amazon and they'd say, I don't understand why you bought Whole Foods. And Amazon bought Whole Foods. Um, 
there's a rising power of America's tech giants, and you go Amazon, Internet, Whole Foods makes no sense. But you might remember Conan the Destroyer. There's now a phrase, Amazon the Destroyer. Amazon's core competency is its story. Despite the fact that the company hasn't always been profitable, it's told you that it wasn't going to be profitable. They told you that. And they've hit certain bumps in the road, whether they did auctions like eBay. Do you remember them doing that? They did. Their phone that had a hologram in it, disaster. The market keeps bidding up the stock. Typically, at some point, the story loses its its luster and it's time to put up or shut up. And investors lose patience. But Amazon is such a success story that they're able to borrow money from the bond market at a cheaper rate than China, telling you that people are in love with Amazon. Amazon makes a mistake every now and then. And when they're profitable, Jeff Bezos probably goes in the rooms of their managers and says, you're screwing up. You're changing our story. Instead of, we don't care if we're profitable, we're going to grow, we're going to grow, we're going to grow, to start they're profitable, that's when you can materially checkbox the company and say it's overvalued. They've never got the markets used to the crack cocaine of profits. Uh, because once you go profitable, you can't go back. Now, what's next for Amazon that you're not watching is probably you know Netflix. There's talks of their acquiring some television networks to get scale and content quickly and fill in some niches because those assets have been beaten down from a valuation standpoint and Amazon has the ability to monetize them. So will Amazon, in their desperation to stay with Netflix, go out and buy a television network? Because not only would they get the content, but they would also get the advertising. They would create more intensity across their prime relationship. Uh, the prime relationship, which was spoofed on Saturday Night Live this weekend when Alec Baldwin playing Donald Trump told the mayor of Puerto Rico that she should have had prime relief tied towards hurricane relief that would have come faster. You're like, ooh, it's starting to become part of our psyche. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, invested, and more. I'm hearing a little bit of audio in the back, which is a-okay. We'll take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.